0: The truth is, is if we can't be who we desire to be in the now moment with whatever life is giving us, we're not gonna be that person when the circumstances are great either.
1: It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life Show. I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life Show host. This is your one-stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and a paper and get ready to learn. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Alexi. I'm super excited to have you here today. And I know I say that every episode, but I really feel that with you because I've admired you for so many years. And I just feel like you and Preston, your husband, have so much wisdom in so many different areas. And I'm just thrilled for this conversation and being able to bring it to our community.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. And I feel the same about you. You're one of those people that I can't wait to dive in with and like really create a bond. For those of you who don't know, Emily is the queen of little personal touches, and I so appreciate that because it's such a rare thing in today's world. So I just love that about you.
1: Thank you. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about you in terms of the work that you do at this moment?
0: Yeah. So I am a master coach. I train coaches on how to be master coaches. We work in traumas, somatics, um, energetics, uh, Hearts, psychology. We do so many things that the coaching industry is not even touching um, because we really saw a need for coaches to just be fully equipped to work with a whole human and not just mindset and not just, you know, talking about our past, but really working in the parts of the body that support the shape that we want to take on in the world. So that's with Elementum Coaching. Really, really proud of that work and that curriculum. It's, it's rigorous. It's university level. It's hardcore, but Our mission is to truly empower coaches to be able to serve in a robust way and to change the coaching industry altogether. So we are doing that and I'm very proud of that. I also do a ton of stuff with my husband, Preston Smiles. Um, We run workshops called The Bridge and that's experiential. And it's all about cracking open all the layers of our personality and our ego and finding out who's underneath, what's underneath. Can we let our true essence and magic shine, our uniqueness? And so I love those workshops. They're super intense because it's like a microscope on how we show up. And we've been doing that for the last seven plus years all over the world, which I love, love, love. And I can't wait. We're doing them again in Australia in March and here in Austin. So I'm very excited post-pandemic break to come back online with that and, um, Yeah, I've done so many other things, speaking on stage, writing books, um, momming to four kids under four, um, online programs in Awakening the Muse and Soul School. My husband and I are launching something called The Sanctuary um, in 2023, which is more of a a spiritual home for people to really get fed in that way. And yeah, then just trying to be a good person, trying to be a good human being. I've got a nonprofit organization trying to give back in any way I can. And I've been uh, drilling clean water wells in East Africa and doing sustainable development for women and children and leadership for children since 2005. So it's, it's been um, a long part of my history there as well.
1: Wow. Well, I'm so excited to dive into all of that and understand how in the world you're doing all of it at the same time. <laughs> so we'll get to that. But can you tell us a little bit about the story behind the success? How did you get here?
0: Oh, so many things, so many failures, so many mistakes, so many uh roadblocks and U-turns. But truthfully, I, I got into this work because I was in entertainment. So in my teenage years, I was a singer and I was signed to a major label and traveling the world on tour, basically from 17 to 21. Realized that that wasn't really my thing. I loved it because I loved performing, but I didn't love... The world that was the music industry at the time. So I took a break and really started to do some soul searching. I had done Tony Robbins and all that at 16 and landmark education at 18 and really continued my love of personal development throughout my early 20s and got into modeling and TV hosting. I was on all these shows on HGTV and History Channel hosting and I loved it and it came easy to me. But what I loved the most was talking to people on set and really like dissecting the human experience. And, you know, I was always in practice. I was always studying. I was always taking courses with someone from all over the world and everyone's like, wow, you've, you know, you have a lot of wisdom. You should do something with this. And at the time it was really only like speaking on stage, like Tony Robbins or doing trainings like landmark, like coaching wasn't really a thing back then. And I remember I was looking for things like, what could I take? And NYU announced a life coaching certification. And I was like, that's it. That's what I'll take. And I took it and it was amazing. And I was like, okay, I can actually serve people in this way. And, And I really, I honestly didn't think I could make good money doing it, but it was something I was so passionate about that I started building it on the side. It was like my moonlight gig where I was just building this coaching practice on the side. I started writing my book and i fell in love and all of a sudden everything else i was doing that was making me so much money and giving me success and notoriety and significance felt completely out of alignment for me and there was a moment i was actually hosting for e at the time entertainment news and i was i had to talk about what somebody was wearing on the tennis court and i was like who cares <laughs> you know i was like why am i talking about this it was like a mind numbing conversation. And I'm an intellectual and I just I love diving into deep, rich things. And so that was my last day of hosting on TV. And I was like, I'm done. I'm going full throttle into the coaching business and I will figure it out. And I started from scratch and really just poured everything into it and layered all of my talents in, because I had a production company as well at the time. So production and TV hosting. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do these really cool videos. I was a travel host for a while. So I knew all these really cool locations. And I'm like, I'm just going to stack all of these talents on top of one another and do inspirational videos that teach people about themselves, have them think and, and dive into a deeper curiosity of who they are and where they are in life. And I'm going to do it in beautiful locations and I'm going to have really cool production and and camera angles and put it on YouTube. And that started this whole thing of growing super fast in a time when people just weren't doing what I was doing. And so it was really cool. And then I had a who was kind of doing the same thing and we didn't know each other and we met through a mutual friend and it was like, great, now let's, you know, combine our superpowers and, and do this together. And that's when it really took off because people fell in love with our love story and have kind of followed us on this journey since then. So it's been crazy.
1: <laughs> so amazing. And wh- what year was it that you started posting on YouTube? That was 2013. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Really ahead of the curve. Yeah.
0: That feels like so that's like almost 10 years ago, which is crazy. Oh my gosh.
1: So amazing. In the very beginning, so were you just doing like what, you know, using your talents, like you said, what felt natural to you? Were you also encompassing some of what Tony Robbins and the landmark people did? Or like, were you kind of making it up as you went along?
0: Well, so I had taken, obviously I did all of Tony's work. Tony was like my big number one inspiration because I saw him when I was 13 and I read his books, like all of his books before I went to Unleash the Power Within at 16. And I was like, wow, this guy... He he didn't look like, cause I had seen the Bob Proctors. I had seen the Zig Ziglers and it's like old white men, <laughs> you know, and Tony was like this young fiery guy. So he was the permission slip for me. Landmark gave it a structure and a form where it was like, Oh, this is really cool that you can create a structure for people to kind of go through. But I also studied a lot of like deep spirituality. I was really into to Buddhism and Taoism at the time. So I was pulling from all of these different practices and studies that I was diving into and saying, how can I create curriculum? How can I create things that will actually be digestible and actionable in people's lives? So I take these big concepts, digest them down and like give a little taste in a video, but my backend work was really practical. I'm a Virgo. So I got to make everything practical and useful and applicable and that's what I love the most. I had a I had a, a program called Soul School for years. And it was all of that. It was just practical tools to to literally implement in everyday life. And that's how we get better. It's the small things day by day by day.
1: Totally. And I really resonate with your story in terms of just realizing that the thing you were doing, even though it was making money, it was not lighting you up. And you know, I've experienced that in my own life. And you get to a point where You don't even care about the money anymore because you have to be fulfilled by what you're doing. And that ends up being the motivator.
0: Oh, so true. And it's crazy. Like people told me, my agent, I remember my agent going, you're really going to walk away from this. And I'm like, yes, I have to. Like I I literally cannot stomach myself and look myself in the mirror anymore. It's that bad. He goes, people would kill for your position. I'm like, not me, (laughs) not me.
1: So from the outside looking in, like you said, things did take off relatively quickly. But we all know behind the scenes, sometimes there's more challenges than what people see. And one of the things that's always struck me about you was a conversation we had, I think it was years ago. And you told me you actually love challenge. And you were one of the first people that ever said that to me. And I was like, like who is this person and how do i fall in love with challenge because i really am so resistant to challenge so i'm curious to know in the beginning what were some of the big biggest challenges you faced and how did you move through them
0: the biggest ones honestly like as a whole the biggest macro issue was being a female in a male dominated industry it was so interesting and so challenging because i just didn't expect it but i was constantly met with people not taking me seriously you know, if it was Preston and I together, they'd be like, Oh, Preston, your work. And I'm like, I'm the one who built this whole curriculum. What are we talking about? You know, like things like that, which created some issues with our relationship and our partnership and working together. So that was a really big challenge. But what was interesting is it made me have to get over my own stories of smallness and my own stories of what it means to be a woman or a man in this industry and all my judgments. And I just kept working my tool. I just kept saying, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to keep studying and I'm going to keep showing up as embodied and honest as I possibly can. And that's all that matters. The cream always rises to the top. I have nothing to prove. I just have to keep doing me and being true to that. So that was a big one. The relationship stuff and like working with Preston and Continuing to like love each other and be connected in that way was a huge challenge. We have since nailed that. Uh, we work really well together, but I would say it took a, a good two years of figuring out how to put two type A people next to each other. <laughs> like, how do we do this and honor each other's gifts and not feel competitive and not feel like somebody's trying to one up the other person? And that took some time. It took a lot of time, but it made us better. And that's an area right now since then that we just feel so easy in because we did that hard work.
1: Yeah, I want to dive into that a little bit because I think it's so interesting because oftentimes you see partnerships where, for example, in a business, one person is kind of in the spotlight. They're the visionary. The other person is like doing operations behind the scenes. And But both of you, like I know Preston was also a model and out there and, you know, the face of of the thing. So what did you have to work through specifically? And I know you mentioned even the last few years or the last period of time um, experiencing a rebirth of your marriage. Can you speak to some of the specifics of that?
0: Mm, Yeah. So personally with me, Preston is, uh, he's a Leo. So I don't know if any of you follow, you know, the horoscopes. I used to not think anything about it, but now I'm like, maybe there's some truth to this. But he's very comfortable being in the spotlight and, and being on stage and speaking and taking up space like that. Zero issues for him with that. For me, I'm a little more reserved and insular, so it takes work for me to, to come out of my shell to come teach or speak. I don't actually love it, that, that aspect of it, but I love teaching, so I do the thing that'll get me to teach. So that was a big aspect for me that I had to bump up against the edge of him feeling so easy to just take up that space. And me at first kind of letting him take it because that's my nature. It's like, oh, well, I don't want to compete. I'll just kind of sit back here. But recognizing like I have a space to take up as well. And how do I do that in a way that honors my light and my gift and my teaching without trying to step on him? or make him feel like I'm trying to dim his light. So that was that. But what's interesting in this last year, you know, we've had monumental success in our businesses. We've added more businesses like real estate development and investments and I mean, so many things. We moved state to Texas, like a lot of us, built a house, bought three more, renovating those. And then we had four kids under four in four and a half years. And so it's just been literally nonstop. And what happened with us is we we are so like head down. We're head down people. It's like, okay, let's go head down. Let's go. And that's how we built our business successfully. But unfortunately, when you add children into that, the people in our field of family that got the most attention was our children because- they're little kids and they need it for survival. So what happened in that was our relationship in terms of like our intimacy and our connection. We just were like, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We were just so busy. And so we just kept sweeping it under the rug. It's fine. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. And after the birth of my last son, Cassius, it all came to like a whew, Like, oh, we got to look under this rug because there's a mountain now under there. And so this was, you know, he was born in October. I was really in survival mode of new mom and three little kids from October to like the spring of this year. And at that point, when I kind of came out for air, (laughs) which happens, we're like, oh, there's a world out here. Ah, hi. Hello. When I came out for air, we had to have a hard conversation around like, do we still want to do this? Like, do we still want to be married? because we work really well together, we parent really well together, we're best friends, we could do this really easily not married. And that was a hard conversation, because in that conversation, we had to talk about all the needs that weren't getting met, all the things and like resentments we've been holding on to, the patterns that we've gotten into in terms of our dynamic, and like what's not working anymore, and what's unacceptable for us. And we're both, he's 43, And I'll be turning 40 this next year. So we're both in that stage of life too, where it's like, do we want to do like more years like this? Or do we want to like say we want more? And we both wanted more. And so we had to really look at it. It's like, do we want more together? And do we want to do the hard work together? Or do we want to just like part ways and say, hey, this has been great. And we'll continue doing all the things, but just not in marriage. And so it was just like, I mean, death and rebirth, death and rebirth, death and rebirth with every conversation we had, because we had to both really take a hard look in the mirror and go, oh, I see what I've been doing. Oh, I see what I haven't been willing to do. Oh, I get what you need. Ah, okay. Well, do I want to give you that? You know, and it's, it's challenging. You know, we've got 10 years under our belt together and built an entire ecosystem together to look honestly and we were close to to walking away but to honestly look and go actually we actually still choose this and we choose each other and it's going to be hard work and let's let's go it's the challenger in both of us like we like a challenge we like to sink our teeth into stuff and we said you know what wherever we go there we are if we don't work on the issues that are showing up in each of us in this partnership it'll show up in the next one so we might as well go to work on this because we still love each other, but we were just so disconnected. Now, flash forward, we are, what are we in October? No, oh my God, December. I'm like, what are we in? October? No, it's December. <laughs> that just goes to show how crazy life has been. It's December. So we're about, you know, seven to eight months into these hard conversations. We're closer than we've ever been our connection is better than it's ever been. Um, Our creative life force is back in a way that hasn't been in a long time where we're just so inspired to create together. Our sexual intimacy is so much deeper. It's just incredible how we can go from almost wanting to get a divorce eight months ago to like the best we've literally ever been, like ever in our entire relationship, even from, you know, the beginning honeymoon stage. So it's, I'm inspired to talk about this because I feel like there's so many people, especially people that are kind of public in whatever way, that we don't hear the struggles behind the scenes, especially in our industry. Everyone's not that they play perfect, but we just don't talk about it. You know, there's a lot of shame that comes around relational issues. But the truth is, I mean, I'm a coach. We work with so many couples, especially powerful couples that are navigating something. Every couple we know is navigating something. And I think we're at a a time where we have to start putting a voice to that so that the shame can lessen and we can all start to feel a little less alone and go, oh, okay, it's normal. It's normal that human beings in relationship, deep intimacy are going to navigate some challenges. How do I choose to do that? And so Preston and I are kind of on this brigade to normalize these conversations and um, humanize the relational process.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that so openly. And I agree, it's going to help so many people feel less alone. Do you want to up-level every area of your life? Do you want to achieve more success, joy, and abundance? If so, head on over to IHeartMyLife.com slash go and check out everything we have going on to support you in creating a life that's better than your dreams. You know, I don't believe in regrets. I don't believe in, in wishing things were different. But I'm curious to know if... Looking back, like you mentioned, sweeping things under the rug. What would you recommend in the busyness of life that a couple do differently, or or are there ways that you've now learned that you could have applied to that situation to stay more
0: connected? Oh, the biggest one, and Preston and I both did this. This is our deepest healing in this lifetime. We know it. It's people pleasing. It's we both wanted to like make each other happy. So we would like put our needs aside to make the other person happy, to make sure they felt good, to make sure things were like stabilized cuz stuff was busy. And in that people pleasing, there's withholding. And in that withholding, there's closures. And in that closures, there's disconnection. And in that disconnection, so much can happen. Right? And so it sounds like such a simple thing and we talk about it kind of from a theoretical standpoint all the time on Instagram like people pleasing, stop people pleasing, but it's so nuanced and it's so insidious and Preston and I both grew up in households where that was a part of our survival strategy. So our nervous system, that's how we're patterned is like, how can I make sure everyone feels good so that I'm safe? And so of course, that's going to show up in our primary attachment, which is our marriage. And it just created so much distance. And the honest conversations that we had at that time in the spring, It was like we both met each other for the first time because we're like, oh, there you are. And it's the hard conversations, but they're so honest. And we both got to just fully be ourselves. And it was like a giant exhale. And it was like, okay, this is what we're working with now. Like now we can actually do something real because we have what's really here. And it's not like these platitudes or false pleasing mechanisms that are there.
1: So good yeah, James and I were chatting about this on a podcast recently, um, this element of like marriage being about compromise. And I think that that's such I, I don't agree with that because, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. Like your whole marriage is about putting somebody else first. Like you said, that's not going to lead to anything positive. You're not even going to really know your spouse. It, it just makes no sense. And so we've really we've talked about that a lot over the years. And luckily, we've worked with some amazing coaches who, Ultimately, like our couple's coaching has actually been personal coaching because we're two whole individuals coming to the relationship. So I love everything you're saying.
0: Yeah, it's so good. And that's the other thing too. Like P and I always had coaches along the way because we believe in it. Obviously, we're in this industry, but your coach or your therapist can only take you as far as you're willing to be honest with yourself. And that's the thing, right? Life gets busy, especially when you have kids. There's a whole other level of busyness and craziness. And focus that your brain just goes to, but you have to make yourself a priority in the sense of tuning into your inner world and asking the hard questions for yourself. Like, does this feel in alignment? If it doesn't, what needs to shift? Okay. What conversations do I need to have? What work do I need to do on myself? And that's really what I got. Like the choice to stay in this relationship was not for the kids. It wasn't for Preston. It was really for me. Cause I'm like, Oh what I'm going to get out of working through this is I'm going to get to learn how to love, like truly love better, to give love better and to receive love better. And yeah, that's what I want in this lifetime, you know? And so it it felt like a really strong choice to make because it felt really healing to make that choice. And you know, a lot of my friends like, man, you know, I don't, I would have just walked away because it's, there's just so much work that has to be done, but the work is what's going to work me into who I desire to be in this life. And I'm really excited about that. Again, it's the challenge, right? I love, I love the challenge. And I think again, even in just in eight months, the the transformation I've seen in myself and the transformation I've seen between us it's phenomenal. And I'm I'm so excited to see what else is to come. I feel like our best years are ahead of us, and we've got a whole new marriage to explore.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm struck by the speed at which you guys do things, not just four kids <laughs> under four and a half. But even thinking about we were in a program together not that long ago, you guys were in LA. I don't think you, I mean, I know I know you invested in property at a young age, but I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, your your the house you're in now was one of the first investments in Austin and like you said now you have multiple and now you have multiple businesses, you have all these projects. So like what is the secret sauce here because I know people are listening and they're like wow, that's so much growth in a short amount of time. Like how is this even happening? Is there anything you can share with us that would explain that progression and that rapidness at which you guys are achieving these amazing
0: milestones? I think in the most simple term, it would be intention and alignment. So I think about, I'm going to credit Tony for this. Tony Robbins said in his book that I read, his very first book I read, net, no extra time. And he talked about like utilizing all your time with such intention and clarity. And I took that on at a really young age. I ended up graduating high school early. I've got the overachiever in me because of that. Like that really landed with me. It's like, man, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Am I using my time intentionally? Even if I'm going for a walk, even if I'm watching TV, like am I intentionally relaxing or am I just like doing something out of habit? And that intentional time has allowed me to create so much and learn so much and grow so much because I truly do take every hour of my day so seriously even my sleep, you know, cause postpartum with a little one, all of my kids are not great sleepers. So thank you universe for teaching me patience because I literally, you know, the first year of all of my, all four kids, I maybe slept straight an hour and a half straight, you know, where I'm up every 60 to 90 minutes, 30 minutes, like up, getting a baby back to sleep, doing the thing, feeding them like, and someone could go crazy with that. Sleep deprivation is torture, you know, for a lot of people. But what I did in that time was I was so intentional. It's like I woke up, I took a breath, and it's like I'm so blessed that I'm able to care for my child in this moment. I'm so blessed and I'm able to give love and comfort and regulate their nervous system. I'm so blessed. Like during the day when, you know, my brain was awake, I'm listening to audiobooks, I'm learning, I'm taking courses online, I'm getting, you know, extra certifications when I could just be sitting there scrolling on Instagram. And so I think intention is so huge, but the second piece is alignment in when you feel called to do something, it's not your calling. It's not a calling that you create and say, oh, this would be really fun or this would be X, Y, and Z. It's something that taps you on the shoulder and asks for you to shepherd it into the world. And I fully believe in my own spiritual connection That source is always wanting to speak through us. And the question is, am I a yes to it? Or am I getting in the way and blocking that voice because of my ideas? And so the more I get really fine tuned with my energy and my intention, the more I'm turning up my listening for that voice. And I'm just saying yes. Like I just did this um, Awaken the Muse program, and it's a quick four-week container, but it was a full tap on the shoulder. It was like, I don't have time. It's like the worst time to do it. I don't want to market anything. I don't want to like, but it was a, you got to do this. And so my friend Emily and I were like, okay, let's just do it. Let's make it really simple in terms of how, how we talk about it. We got the perfect amount of women in. It was the most incredible four weeks, not just for our students, but for us as the guides, like we got so much from it. And it was just a remembrance of when you get asked from spirit to do something just say yes. And the more you say yes to those things, the more the world moves out of the way and the less effort it takes. And I think earlier on in my career, I was efforting a lot because I, Alexi Ego, had a lot of ideas that I wanted to get into the world to try and prove something or to try and gain significance or financial success or whatever. And there's just so much less efforting, not less work, but less efforting. And then the work that it takes feels so good because it's like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm doing this for something bigger than myself. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm a yes to it. And for the people listening
1: who don't know how to differentiate between ego and spirit, what advice do you have?
0: So for me, ego is always trying to prove something or to be safe. So if you feel a tinge of like, oh, I'm doing this Because I I need money. That's a fear of scarcity, right? Or I need to feel safe and secure. Or I'm doing this because I want the laptop lifestyle, and I you know I want to leave the nine to five and have my own schedule, the freedom lifestyle. Okay, well, what are you running away from, or what are you trying to prove to yourself or others? And to me, spirit source usually doesn't make sense. (laughs) Like it's kind of like really (laughs) like that. That's what you want me to do. And I always have to like sit with it. I always sit and like let it marinate for at least a week. And I sit with it every day. I journal with it sometimes. I go on a walk with it sometimes. And I'm like, okay, how, I'm going to feel into this. And I, I feel it in my body. And it's a connection I've created over, over the years with my body. of like, does this feel aligned? Does this feel like a yes in here? Or am I trying to make excuses of why I should do this or how I can move my schedule around? And Usually it's in the worst time possible. I don't have space for it. I don't have the, the energy for it, you know, quote unquote. But if it's a yes, everything works out. It always does. It always does. And I have had enough time in the game and on, on the playing field of practicing that to know that it works. So I am literally like 2023 is all about coming into alignment with source and spirit and taking out anything that has been a creation from the ego.
1: I love that. But what would you say to somebody who's like, yes, that's all great, but I need to make money. I need to support my family. What is your reaction to that?
0: Yes. And I'm not that person that's like, quit your job. Only do what you love. Do it from a different space. If you have a job that is paying the bills and taking care of your family, I did that for 10 years. I worked in the television and entertainment industry, and I did not like it. I didn't like it, but what I did was I practiced showing up in a way that I loved. I wanted to be proud of who I showed up as, as a woman, as a human being, and knowing that every single day of stepping into a situation that could be challenging or maybe not feeling aligned in that situation, but can I be in alignment with who I am within that circumstance? And that to me, that was the work. That was the work that didn't look like the work that I did every single day on set for 10 years as I was practicing to um, build my business. Because the truth is, is if we can't be who we desire to be in the now moment with whatever life is giving us, we're not gonna be that person when the circumstances are great either. To me, the pressure cooker, where life is not handing us everything we want on a silver platter, where our job may not look like what it looks like, where our relationship may not be, where we want it to be, our body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the time when you get to practice being and showing up as who you desire to be and show up as. That's it.
1: Yeah. I often ask myself, you know, if whatever the situation is, like you just described, if this was different, how would I be showing up? Um, And that helps me tap into that next level version of me. Because like you said, if you can't do it in those moments, you can't expect to do it later on either.
0: That's right. That's right. And the truth is, I think, in my experience of people I've worked with and myself, when you show up in a different way, you start thinking differently. You start going, okay, I'm so grateful for this job. I'm so grateful for this paycheck. I am going to love up on all these people I serve in my work. And I'm going to create a plan. Because there's a part of me now that's activated and excited and turned on to be In a different place. So I'm going to be here fully, but I'm also going to utilize my time and energy with deep intention to create what else would excite me. And that's the thing. Most of us are so checked out. It's like, you know, Preston and I in our marriage in that particular domain, we are so checked out of our connection that we just let it go. And when you just let it go, you're going to eventually hit a breaking point. And the invitation is don't let yourself get to the breaking point lead lead yourself through all of that. And that's what that embodiment piece is. Show up as your best self.
1: And as you enter into this new chapter and and new year coming up, you mentioned to me before we jumped on that you're really protective of your energy and really focused on what is deserving of your time. Can you speak more to that and what you've been implementing?
0: Yeah, so the biggest thing, and it's so not a societal norm, and I get a lot of crap for this, is my cell phone. And you know, most people that know me know that you'll probably never get a text back from me unless it's like urgent or something's happening because I am in a practice of living in real life. And I, you know, this isn't for everybody and no judgment on anybody that it has a deep relationship with their phone. But I realized like I used to be a person that was like 24 hours, if you text, email, or call, you'll get a response. And I used to be really proud of that. And then I realized that I was essentially reacting to whoever was trying to touch into my life, whether through email or messenger or whatever. There's a million ways now that people can get (laughs) in touch with us. It's overwhelming. And so I said, you know, what's my priority? Energetically, my priority is to be present. That's one of my deepest values is presence. How can I be present and truly be where I'm at if I'm on my phone or if my phone is calling me and alerting me to when I need to be responsive to it? And so I just kind of chuck that one up. Like I'm going to miss out on opportunities. I'm probably going to upset some people, but this matters to me. And I value presence so much. And anybody that's been in my actual physical space will tell you, you feel like you're the only person in the room with me. And I love that because that's how I want to feel with people. And so of course I want to give that to others. And that's where the magic of life is. To me, it's in relating with others. And if I'm truly with somebody, I just, it's such a gift. And I feel like I gain so much when I'm fully present with whoever I'm in front of, whether it's my child or my partner or you in this podcast, and this community, it's been massive for me. So that's number one. Number two, again, like energetics also happens with our stuff. So I'm clearing out all the stuff in my house that doesn't bring me joy. I'm, I'm Marie Kondoing my entire life. <laughs> and, and I love it. Like I love a good closet clean out and reorganization. But when you have kids, you know, people bring gifts and stuff just starts to collect. And I'm pretty clean, but I do recognize that there is a beautiful purging that is starting to happen. I'm literally in the middle of it right now. So 2023 is about less is more in everything, including stuff. And then energetically, it's again, checking in. Does this feel like a full-body yes? And if it does, I'll make it happen. I'll move mountains to get there. But if it's a, a partial yes, a maybe, or a no, it's a no. And I get to just, again, be really clear, what's my commitment? Because a no to somebody else is a yes to something within me, and just getting really clear on what my yeses are this year will just change the game for everything.
1: Oh, I love that. And how do you, so I know that there are people listening who are business owners or they're in a career that requires them to be connected to technology, or at least that's the thought process. So have you outsourced a lot of things in your life
0: as well? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm a big, I will pay for convenience and outsourcing (laughs) for sure. Um, It's interesting because social media, I just kind of like backed off of social media for a while and any of my shares recently have been a once in a while share for me, or I'm just reposting in my stories if Preston tags me in something. Uh, but I am coming back in 2023 on social media. I feel energetically aligned with that this year, because there's so much content I have. And I want that content to go out and work and, and do what it's supposed to do. So I am hiring a team to do that, um, which feels really exciting. And yeah, Preston essentially is my, everybody that knows that they need to get in touch with me, they get in touch with Preston. So I outsource to my husband on communication for a lot of, a lot of stuff. So thank you, Preston, for that.
1: <laughs> so good. So selfishly, I'm curious to know, you know, having had so many children in a short amount of time, what identity shifts came from that? Because I know for me, even though I haven't given birth yet, just the experience of pregnancy. And even when we got pregnant, like all this crazy stuff happened and all this unexpected stuff happened. It was like the baby was like rearranging our entire life and like making things go away that weren't expected. And you can see like it, are, it makes me emotional because it's like such something I'm still navigating, like becoming a different person and this human hasn't even been born yet. So I'm curious to know how you navigated that and what came up for you.
0: Wow. I mean, you touch on it. I'm just honoring your share so much because it's the real part of motherhood that we don't talk about. And again, it's, it's the death of the maiden and the birth into the mother. And the baby births us too. As we're birthing this baby, this baby births us. And like you say, it's before the birth. You know, the minute you get pregnant, your entire way of being changes the way you cross the street. I remember the first time I crossed the street after I found out I was pregnant with my first and I was like, I can never cross the street the same again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the way you walk in the world is completely different. So it's funny. Every child has changed me so much and so differently. The biggest thing is, you know, our bodies, our biology actually rewires to focus on a little person that needs us for survival. And, and as an entrepreneur, it's an interesting thing to go through of oh i'm so focused on my business being my baby where my brain is so wired to just focus on how do i grow my business what do i need to do and x y and z but now all that energy is literally wired for a child and you have to create and generate the energy for the business which can feel like or the relationship which again that's the one i i struggled with cuz i'm like i've got babies in all these businesses and i've got to think about this too <gasps> You know, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I think the biggest thing that we as women have to do is open ourselves to the village. And that's something that I've been really intentional about because of my work overseas. I see how people have maintained the village structure, especially with the women and people don't raise children alone. And it works. It works because it's hard and we need support and we need to tell our stories and we need to be heard in our Breakdowns and be witnessed in those, and have other women say, I've been there and it's okay and it's normal, and go, Hey, let me come over and hold the baby so you can go shower or like do something for 10 minutes. We need that. We need community and we need the village. And the deaths and the rebirths continue to come. And for me, the biggest has been my sense of purpose in the world and my sense of meaning was always tied to what I've produced. And like what I've done, done in my legacy and my work. Now I just laugh at that. I'm like, hilarious. Like, it's so like that to me is like, it's still meaningful. It's still meaningful, but it's like this compared to the legacy that are my children and the leadership that I have to lean into as a parent. How am I leading my children? How am I showing up for them and showing up as a woman for their imprinting of what a woman is in the world? And so... Yeah, my ego has died a thousand deaths in becoming a mom <laughs> because you, it's the most thankless job on the planet and it's nonstop. It's 24 seven. And it is something that has cracked me open in the most like, oh, uh, in the most incredible ways. Um, and it's the thing that has humbled me as well in the most incredible ways.
1: Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah, I think a lot of people, at least for me, it's like a shift in like you said identity and what's important to you and not getting all of your um fuel or your having your ego stroked by your achievement and what you're doing cuz you like physically can't do as much and your priorities change and so you're forced to have different priorities.
0: Yeah, and the world doesn't look at motherhood and go Oh my gosh, this is great. They're not on like, so, you know, it's, we don't get celebrated. We don't get paid for this, right? But it is the hardest job on the planet, hands down. Single mamas, I'm just like, I don't know how. I don't know how. Hardest job on the planet, most rigorous job on the planet, most demanding job on the planet. And it's thankless. You're not getting paid and nobody's going like, yay, you're doing a great job. (laughs) So you really have to like, fortify yourself to know and remind yourself, like, I'm doing a great job. This little human depends on me. I am here for them. And like, that is the thanks that we get is that we get to usher in and shepherd in a life. Wow.
1: So amazing. So I'm curious to know, you mentioned next year, you're excited about maintaining this level of energy and focusing on the things that are in alignment, what else do you have coming up down the pipeline that you're excited about?
0: Yeah. So we've got Sanctuary, which is launching January, 2023. And that is our spiritual community. It's essentially where a spiritual community meets life coaching because we are very actionable, but we're diving into all the wisdom traditions and offering philosophical curiosities for us to really enrich and expand our lives um, And we'll offer a Q&A and coaching within that as well. But it's going to be a family. Preston and I have always dreamed about starting our version of Agape, which is a, a very non-denominational church, which is something that we love. We love spirituality. It's such a deep part of our life. And we realize that we've been resisting it for years because of the commitment. And we're like, oh, every week. Wow, that seems like a lot. I don't know if we want that. But we said, you know what, let's try it in this format. Let's try it digital. Let's try it as a global community and mix in our coaching background and our proficiency in that. So I'm really excited about that. Bridge is coming back online, which I'm so excited about. It's my favorite work to do because we just can't hide in a room. And the work that we do is somatic. So the body doesn't lie. Like We can have all the right things to say, but we read bodies and we go off our body's diagnostics. So We have a lot of work to do when we look at the structure of who we show up as. So excited for that. And then, yeah, we're closing on multiple properties and uh, getting into some commercial stuff, which is like a brand new whoa world for me, but learning a lot about commercial real estate and investing there. And um, honestly, like 2023 is about like like coming into deep, deep clarity, deep focus, deep alignment and There's some travel in there and some juiciness in there with Preston and I, and um, we're diving into a whole like sensual study and sensual practice together, which is really fun. So there's just a lot to look forward to. No more babies. We're not having any more babies, that's for sure. But (laughs) there's a lot of other fun stuff to look forward to.
1: Amazing. Well, I can't wait to witness that and just watch you grow and continue to tune in and serve in this way. So before we get to the last question, where can people find you? I know you're, you're going to be jumping back on Instagram. So what's your account and what's the best way to connect?
0: Yes, at Alexi Panos, pretty much everywhere online, YouTube, Instagram. I'm not really on Facebook anymore. I will have a TikTok, I think, starting next year. I think that's a part of my package I paid for. But yeah, at Alexi Panos, you can find everything there. My podcast is called Unleashed. That's coming back out in January as well. So look for that too. Great conversations. And just, again, I really like to dive into the deeper questions underneath the platitudes and personal development. Um, that's where the richness is. And so if you, if you like that, if you like the depths, if you like the deeper considerations, I'm your girl.
1: <laughs> totally. So we believe at I Heart My Life that we are far more capable than we give ourselves credit for and than we even know. So what is one way that people can create a life that's better than their dreams?
0: Perception. Perception. It's so simple, but it's the thing that it's been opening up so much for me. It's how we look at everything, because most of us are just looking at things the way we've always looked at them through our lens of what's possible. And that's all based on our lens of what happened in the past. But if you shift your perception by shifting your environments, by shifting your learnings and your growings, by shifting your practices, because we're always practicing something, the question is, what are you in the practice of? If you shift just these small little slight things, you start to see the world slightly different. And that slight difference, it's like that uh, the golf ball, right? It's like a, a centimeter off and it could go straight or it can go all the way to the right. The small, minute details that we write off and say are unimportant because we're looking for the big breakthroughs and the big life moments, those aren't the ones. It's the stuff in between. It's how you show up to do your chores around the house. It's how you show up to the argument with your partner. It's how you show up to the the stack of papers that have to be filed or addressed. Those moments are the moments that will make you. Those moments are the moments that will take you from where you are right now and where you probably are on a trajectory to continue to go or a completely different life. And it's about your perception of how you show up in those moments and what you're perceiving yourself as and what you're perceiving the world as, and what's possible in that perception.
1: That's so good, because so often we're focused on the end goal or that big moment, and we forget about the day-to-day steps and experiences that make up those moments.
0: Yes, so true.
1: Well, thank you so much. I always know that this is going to be an incredible episode when the guest makes me cry, so <laughs> which happens a lot. But no, I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate your wisdom and your honesty and your transparency. And like I said, I know that this next chapter is going to be so, so beautiful to witness. And I'm grateful to be in community with you and to have that relationship to be able to see it.
0: Same, and I cannot wait for this baby to enter the world. You better like this is like my favorite when new mamas happen, and that gets born. You reach out, you need anything, like I'm your girl. That's that's who I text back is new mamas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
1: you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is, life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow. That's hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow.